We should have put a warning at the beginning of this episode if someone is listening with their child. Yeah. Not so like if they have, they're already turned it off. I might put one at the beginning. I'll have to see if I can remember. Oh, no. Hello and welcome to the Foodies Reviewing Movies podcast. I'm your host, Callie. Thanks so much for joining me. Also, joining me today is the one, the only, John. John, welcome back. How are you doing? Well, thank you. I'm glad my suspension is now over. Yeah. <laughs> I thought after that Toy Story one, I'd never be back. Yeah. Which we still have to go ahead and, uh, you know, drop that. So that's Yeah, there's the whole come. legal department and, you know, Pixar contacted us and, you know, I got a restraining order with them, you know. Yep, no. yep. No big deal. Legalities held us back from actually releasing that one. So this one is going to be going out before that one. So this is something to look forward to, everyone. There is some blue comedy in it. So get excited. It'll be out soon. But right now, John, we're talking about a 2003 Christmas classic. What are we talking about? None other than Elf. It's a great one. We love it. There is so much to talk about. Let's just go ahead. Let's dive right in and let's start with our amuse-bouche. In the beginning, Papa Elf is talking about the different jobs that elves can have. So, which of the jobs would you like? The first one, make shoes at night while the cobbler is sleeping. Number two, make cookies in a tree. And number three, build toys in Santa's workshop. Actually, tell me which ones you don't want and why, and then which ones you'd pick. Well, I just feel like watching the film, they kind of gaslight you into picking the North Pole one. Because mm-hmm. they make the other ones look so bad. Yeah. But really, is bacon in a tree that bad? Yeah. That doesn't seem too bad. No, besides for lighting a fire. Yeah, you know, making shoes. Like, to me, they just make those look too bad. But mm-hmm. I just feel like, you know, watching Elf, you feel like you have to choose the North Pole one. Yeah. I didn't feel like I got gaslighted in picking that one. Just because <laughs> they make it look so good compared to the other ones. That's true. I ended up, though, picking the one about the trees. Yeah. So besides for, like I mentioned, occasionally maybe bursting into flames. Yeah. I was like, why not? It's it's a big tree. The Keebler elves seem okay, yeah. you know? So, they why make, not? They make a lot of cookies. Yeah, I like baking. Yeah. So, we could go along well. I don't think I'd be super great at making toys. Yeah. So, I think really I'd be leaning into my strong suit. I wouldn't want to be with the cobbler, though, because they were having to be really sneaky while he was sleeping. Yeah. And I don't want to have to be sneaky all the time. Just sometimes. Okay, well, that's good to know. I'm glad I know that um, you were forced into your decision. Yeah, I was basically <laughs> gaslighted by the by the director. Yes. How Damn John Favreau. dare you? How dare you, John Favreau? Well, let's let's go ahead before we go at him some more. Yeah. Let's talk about some food because we just got at some food here. So let's go ahead and go into our apps haps. Today we're talking about stacks on stacks of glorious cakes. Yes pancakes that is and we went to none other than ihop Mm -hmm. john what did you get at ihop well first off i just want to say i feel like if there's a restaurant that would be buddy the elf approved it would be ihop yes because i feel like you know you go for the quote-unquote pancakes Mm -hmm. but they're basically dessert pancakes like they're vehicles for other stuff to go into your mouth like i got a Honestly, a French toast that was way better than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
It was a Christmas uh, French toast with like gingerbread snack cookies and uh, golden delicious apples on top. Yes. It was honestly way better than I thought it was going to be. Yes. Yeah, they, they do sort of brag about how their French toast is fluffy. And by God, it's fluffy. Yeah. It's like little pillows are just fluff. And then they cover it with a whole bunch of stuff. And whipped mm-hmm. cream on the side, cranberries on the side, you know, just sweets on top of sweets. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I need some insulin after. Yeah, it's definitely uh, Buddy the Elf approved. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, so what would uh, your review be like? Was that something you would eat again? It would. I was just, like I said, I was very pleasantly surprised how good it was. Okay, excellent. And okay. I didn't even put extra syrup on top of and it. And you didn't even put extra syrup on top I missed one of the, you know, four food groups for yeah. the elves. I feel like I can't be an elf now. Yeah, no, I mean, like, usually when I have pancakes, I'll use, if there is a fruit compote, mm-hmm. I'll use that because it's just too much Yeah, flavor. like you said, I don't feel like the syrup was needed for my French toast. There's already enough going on there, enough mm-hmm. sweetness. Yeah, you don't want to, like, have too much of one thing or another, and I right. feel like syrup would have detracted from what was already going on there. Because, yeah. I mean, yours... Your yes. stack was seemed like it was pretty sweet. Yes, it was. It was a blueberry lemon ricotta pancake. And it was really good. I think the ricotta, like the texture of it was a little off for mm-hmm. me. I'm sort of like, you learned that I don't like yellow mustard because of the texture yeah. this evening. Um, sort of the same thing with the ricotta. I would have liked it for it to be a little bit smoother. But otherwise, I do feel like it sort of balanced out that sweetness from the blueberry compote that was on the top. Yeah, because yours had like a lot on there. I can imagine putting syrup on top of that. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Oh my gosh, I, I have had a little bit of a headache and I'm thinking it's because of all the sugar I ate this weekend. And this just was the cherry on top of the cake. Because yeah. I mean, you know, we're recording this a couple weeks before Christmas. It was just Thanksgiving. And I'm not going to lie. You got to go balls to the walls when it comes to Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. So until the Monday after Thanksgiving, you eat like a maniac. Mm-hmm. And then afterward is when you like, you know, pull back and you get sugar withdrawals. Yeah. And then, then it's fine. Christmas comes around, then you go back to the well yeah. of sugar, you yeah. know, go back to your supplier. Pretty much, yeah. I go back to uh, Kroger and yeah. get me another bag of mystery shaped Reese's candies and maybe I'll, I'll find the shape I'm looking for, yeah. you know, but until then I got to keep eating them to find out, yeah. you know. So a uh, little info though about IHOP because I don't think I ever either knew the history or remembered the history of IHOP. So a little bit of history for you today, courtesy of CNN.com. It's something that was established a long time ago, 1958. IHOP has been around for a hot minute. It was founded by two brothers, Al and Jerry Lappin, and uh, they discovered the inspiration and the tropical taste of coconut syrup and dreaming up the idea of a local restaurant centered around pancakes. The concept was born, and apparently it was a hot spot for some Hollywood stars, John. Yeah, people like Doris Day, Milton Berle, and Jimmy Stewart. So, all pretty uh, popular folks at that time. And then in 1973, they changed from just using IHOP to the full name of International House of Pancakes. In 1978, IHOP restaurants were recognizable for their A-frame roofs, but that style of building died out after a little while in the 70s there. And uh, the company, though, brought back some of those A-frames for some of the restaurants in 2006. So they brought a little bit of the past 
to the present at that time. Yeah, because I know the IHOP we ate at mm-hmm. uh, is the one here in Louisville, Kentucky. And I know that one was built maybe roughly around 2008 or so. Because mm-hmm. I remember before then, like, I was... We had an IHOP across the river in Indiana, but you have to go to Indiana. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Do that. Yeah. But yeah, when they finally <laughs> built one over here, it was, I was all about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't go there as much as I used to. That was a big thing for me in high school. It was like when we had our, uh, you know, get out halfway through the day because you had a work thing, you know, that you did a work program. Um Sometimes we would go ahead and when we didn't have to go to our work programs or if we had exams or something, we got to leave around lunchtime, we'd all meet up at IHOP. So that was sort of our our little thing that we'd do. But um, the one that we went to was not A-framed. It was box-shaped, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had a feeling that uh, they probably wouldn't have had the A-frame design here in this area. I feel like that's more of like, I've seen that in Florida with like Village Inn. Um, but I feel like that would be more of an out west situation, which makes sense because IHOP with those stars being big at that time in Hollywood, this would have been out west. So, well, let's go ahead. Let's now move into our movie, our main event in our cinematic entree. John, would you like to do us the honors of telling those who haven't seen it and reminding for those who have what it's all about? Yeah. So Elf, it's... I'd say it's a classic fish out of water tale. You know, you take Buddy the Elf. He's not really an elf. He's a human mm-hmm, raised mm-hmm. by elves up in the North Pole. Yes, which he doesn't know. Yeah, but basically, uh, he goes from the North Pole down to New York City, where all us humans are. Yes, and he's not used to the human rituals, Mm-mm. so he's got you know getting adjusted to that. And while he's doing that, he's bringing along Christmas cheer. Yes. And he is just such a delightful fellow. Wherever he goes, people are automatically happy. And you can't be mad at Buddy, right? Yeah. You know? Even the bathroom scene. <laughs> Which we'll get to that. Just remember bathroom scene. But always a, a fun one. So a little bit here. We mentioned John Farvo, who's the director. And, I mean, at the time, he was sort of unknown. But now he's one Did of Did he like, direct anything after that? Hasn't his career kind of gone down? Yeah, I mean, only he's like one of the top ten hired directors, yeah. you know. He'll make it someday. So, yeah, you know, I mean, he's he's been involved with just a, just a couple things, you know, maybe a little bit in the uh, the Marvel universe, perhaps, yeah. you know. Um, if you don't know who John Farvo is. Just go look him up. I'm not going to read his resume. It's too long. Uh, the writer was David Birnbaum, which this was his first screenplay. That's pretty impressive for a first screenplay. Just a little interesting fact about the writer. So he was actually raised Jewish, but his family always celebrated Christmas. And he was a massive Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer fan. So when we're in the beginning and even a little bit throughout, we're seeing some of that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer style to that animation. All right. I got a hot take. Yes. So those like clay animations, Mm -hmm. they looked wonderful. The story behind them were all garbage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're all really bad story-wise. They're good to look at, but that's it. Yes. It sort of made me feel like I was a little bit on an acid trip when I first saw them. I was like, Wait, what? They're iconic. Yes. But but they're really bad story-wise. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, go ahead and read some of those stories, <laughs> guys and gals. Um, so, 
this whole message in this movie is about Buddy reconnecting with his estranged father. And this really hits close to home and was something that really, uh, you know, David was writing from the heart on because his dad passed away when he was eight years old. So this was sort of his way of trying to almost reconnect with his own dad, you know. By the way, the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer elements in this, I don't want to forget to mention, that they were able to freely use all of that in this movie because of the copyright and the fact that there was like containing Roman numerals, so it didn't actually like solidify it. Hmm. So it's interesting. Yeah. So if anyone wants to like go out there and do Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, <laughs> I'm just saying that may still be something that you can do. And uh, this movie has quite a few notable people in it. It's got Will Ferrell, James Caan, Bob Newhart, Zoe Deschanel, Ed Asner, Mary Sternenberg, who also worked with Will Ferrell and Step Brothers a few years later. Played his mom in that, so she's yeah. been a motherly figure to him a couple times. And uh, when you first come into this movie, John, what was sort of your feelings on things as we're sort of learning a little bit about Buddy in the elf world? It's just interesting that it's taken him, you know, his character so long <laughs> to realize he's not an elf, but it kind of shows the innocence of him, you know? Mm-hmm. Like he's not able to make a thousand, you know, <laughs> extra sketches. Yeah. He was like 900 and like 45 short. Yeah. Serious question. Why did it take so long for Santa to discover baby buddy in the bag? Well... I got one of two things. Okay. First, it's either a magical bag. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, goes in there. It's really big. And so, there's a lot of room. Yes. So, Santa can easily overlook that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or two, this ain't the first baby Santa brought back. Oh, okay. Maybe he's doing a you know, little human trafficking on the side, you know, bringing back a whole lot of babies. And, you know, maybe the other ones kind of wised up faster than Buddy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Or maybe they just didn't, you know... They got lost in the bag, and they were never seen again. Interesting. You went one side was sort of trying to help Santa out there. He he didn't know he was innocent. Yeah. The other one, you're just completely throwing him under the bus. Yeah. You're like, he's a human trafficker. Yeah, he's still these babies. It's up for adoption. Who's going to miss that baby? Right, and I mean, like, we he's talked. He's got no parents. We were talking about this little in the car about, like, you know, when they're singing, he knows when you've been sleeping, he knows when you've been awake. That's like a pro stalker right yeah. there. So he's already into some kind of nefarious He knows activity. when the defense levels are down. He knows when to go to that mm-hmm. orphanage and mm-hmm. steal up all the babies. Yeah. See, Santa's doing the world good. He's going to take those babies. He's going to take them up to the North Pole. They're going to be elves, and they're going to work. Gosh darn it. Yep. He's, he's literally putting them into, like, a child labor situation. Yeah. It's really just making them stronger people for that, yeah. you know? So I didn't think we were going to go into uh, human trafficking this episode, but here we are. We've gone into baby trafficking. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Santa, we're on to you. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting coal this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say, please don't put me on the naughty list. Put too late for that. Now, I, I mean, another reason could be, because I think the magical bag is good, I am leaning more toward the baby trafficking, but the, the, the magical bag, that could be, you know, a good reason for it. Um, also, maybe just because it's so loud with, like, all of the air resistance and all the prancing and the dancing yeah. from the reindeers, you know? So, I mean, look, Santa, if you want to come on the podcast... Yeah, defend yourself. And defend yourself... We'd be happy. We're to tired hear of you hiding behind your lawyers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're tired of you hiding behind the little elves, stacking yeah. them up so you can hide behind them. No, you need to come out and have a seat. We'll put some cookies out for you. Yeah. Don't worry. We'll have a nice tall glass of cold milk. 
And justice. And justice. Because we're done with your crap there, buddy. That's right. <sighs> Santa. Here, let me check the wheels of this podcast. <laughs> uh, they're, they seem to still be on. Yeah. Maybe. We, we probably could actually diverge into this conversation for another 20 minutes. But let's let's get back on track here. The part where we're seeing Buddy growing up and he's on the bike with Papa Elf mm. cracks me up every time. Yeah. <laughs> he's just so Well, fun. one of the like, behind-the-scenes things that I liked about this movie is like those are all practical effects, like the mm-hmm. big, small stuff, like, mm-hmm. you know... Yes. It's not nothing computer like you know. It's just Will Ferrell's really close to the camera, like everyone else is far away and stuff yes. like that. Yeah, that forced yeah, perspective. perspective. Yeah. So that's something I kind of appreciate when movies take the time like that. You know, like the uh, Lord of the Rings stuff. They yeah. did that as well. Just have actors stand really far away or really close to the camera. Exactly. Yeah, and I I do like too. Like John Favreau really did look for examples of what maybe Buddy should do. His kids were really a big inspiration when it came to him figuring out what he wanted to do. And one of his sons did play the younger version of Buddy sitting on Papa Elf's knee. The other one was like, I think like one years old at the time. And he watched him a lot. So that way he could like get that childlike wonderment really down pat for Will Ferrell to sort of lean into. But um, yeah, I I love the fact that they didn't use CGI for those effects and um, that really they just were were creative with that. Uh, Something else I love is they brought back a... uh, a Christmas classic legend, the elf Ming Ming. He's in the beginning of the movie. He's wearing all the red and he's talking to Buddy and he's like, how many Etch-a-Sketches do you have done? And he lets him know he's very short for the quota. That is a character played by none other than the guy who played Ralphie Parker in A Christmas Story, Peter Billingsley. Also, they got the, the Christmas Story new movie out. Hadn't really heard much about him up until that point. Um, one part that is pretty funny about the whole like making the toys and he's like disappointed himself one of my favorite quotes in that scene was like i'm the worst toy maker in the world i'm a cotton-headed ninny muggins oh i thought this was a family podcast Callie. <laughs> dropping curse words like that i'm so bad when it comes Gosh. to to dropping the curse words i'm sorry i apologize everyone um now i, w- I want to ask if you were an elf mm-hmm. what would you want to drink in your break room Ooh, definitely something hot okay because you know north pole is cold mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. like a hot cocoa okay or you know mixed up like a hot you know cider mm-hmm. i would definitely say something hot yeah see i i would thought maybe like you know hot cocoa would be really nice yeah. uh maybe you know a, a special uh little something from Santa, a little blend, maybe, of, of some coffee. I know that some people probably like a little special something from Santa. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, I stopped you before you could get there. But the elves in this movie, they had pitchers of syrup yeah. in their yes. break rooms instead of coffee. Maybe that's why, like, Buddy loves it so much. Because they just gobble it up. Well, I guess because he said uh, when he got to New York, he got a full 40 minutes of sleep. Mm-hmm. So I guess when your diet is nothing but sugar... Yes. See? All right, now we're going back to the human trafficking. <laughs> yeah, because instead Cause of Santa, cocaine, yeah, sugar. <laughs> he's just, you know, microdosing his workers, having them stay up all night. All right, Santa, that's it. <laughs> we're done. Full investigation. We're, <laughs> we're going 60 minutes on your jolly red ass. My winter gloves are coming yeah. off. All right, I'm going to go <laughs> up. I'm going to bring a secret camera, put it underneath my hat. I'm going to expose Santa for his work conditions. All right, so first we need to get you up there. Yeah. 
So you need to travel through the, the gumdrop ocean and the, the, the candy yeah. cane forest. We're bringing this guy down. Yes, that's he's, it. He's just drugging up his employees to have them work, you know, mm-hmm. for a whole year nonstop. Yep. They get one day off. That's Christmas. Yep. Then they're back at it the next day. Yeah. This is These are unacceptable work conditions. This mm-hmm. this will make uh, Bezos, you know, jealous. Yeah, exactly. Move over, Amazon. Yeah. Guess what? Santa's workshop is way worse. Yeah. And he has them so excited about it. He's like... Oh, we just finished Christmas. 364 more days. See, more of the gaslighting. I can't, this Santa guy, I can't believe we used to idolize him. I know. And then what he says about Leon the snowman. He's like, what does Leon know? He doesn't have any feet. Even more gaslighting. And he's also being discriminative toward people who have a disability. Yeah. So, look, Santa, things are not looking great. Who's on the naughty list now, homie? Yeah. Um, Maybe those park rangers had... Mm-hmm. thing you know mm-hmm. maybe the mounties were right in yeah. running after your ass yeah oh my gosh i'm getting fired up yeah santa that's it game's right. on homes. let me check the wheels again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually an episode of like where you catch a predator yeah. but instead it's catch all right santa. one of the wheels seems to at least still be on the track here yeah the other one it's just sort of Kind of just trying to move along. Um, yeah, we're having a 60 minutes on Santa Claus. Okay, so let's try and get back to <laughs> So uh, I do like the one piece of advice. There's a lot of good advice when it comes to this movie. For example, don't eat the yellow snow. Yeah. And then I'd already mentioned the slight that Santa says against Leon. So, yeah. yeah. So do you remember the advice that Santa gave Buddy about New York Cité? Yeah, the... Original Rays is on 11th Street. Yep, yep. There's like 30 of them that say they might be the actual yeah. one, but there's one of them. Yeah. I wonder yeah. how psyched that Rays was when they saw the movie. <laughs> like, yes. They're like, thank you. Validation. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's where he does some of the trafficking. Yeah. <gasps> oh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, okay, what's what's another piece of, because there's three in total, so what's number two? Peep show, don't. Don't go to the peep shows. Yeah, because that means, look, they're not going to actually show you presents before Christmas. Oh, well, they're going to show you presents. But it might be a different kind of present yeah. to some people, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, but whatever. <laughs> Christmas will come early. <laughs> That's right. Okay, anyways, um, what's the last piece? Do you remember? Uh, the gum. Yes. Don't eat the gum. It's not free candy. One thing that I, I do, a, a quote I liked as well, I don't want to forget before we leave the North Pole. When poor Buddy finds out he's not an elf. He hasn't realized it prior to this point where he's like, you know, two or three times bigger than everyone else. Um, like when he's in the shower and he's like just shoulders and heads above the water. That cracked me up. But when he's like running out and he's just really upset and just super distressed and the little like puppets come up and they're like, it's okay. And he's like, not now, Arctic puppet. And just runs off. And that just cracked me up because I didn't even think about them being puppets until that moment, you know. But I was like, that okay, that was pretty good. All right, so now I have a question for you. He takes a trip on this piece of ice, which he has like a foot of left by the time he makes it to land. And he then has to travel through the candy cane forest he has to travel through, like, the gumdrop swirls or whatever. Is this an adventure you'd want to take? Mm. Well, so, honestly, the part that I'm really impressed with is, like, when they show the buddy, the elf, 
which mm-hmm. I assume that's not Will Ferrell, like walking along the mountaintop there. Yeah. Like whoever did that, now, that's pretty cool. Like mm-hmm. that's some dedication, you know, yeah. <laughs> that stunt person, whoever, you know, mm-hmm. to wear such low clothing yeah. <laughs> and to walk so high on top of a mountain like that. It'd be so cold. Um, I mean, also that stunt person who had to get bit in the neck by a raccoon, yeah. you know, I mean, he just wanted a hug. Yeah. But uh, do you, would you ever take a trip like that? <laughs> Dress like Buddy the Elf? No. Yep, yep. And more appropriate winter gear? Yeah, I'd, mm-hmm. be, I'd, I'd, you know, walk through the snowy mountains and stuff like that. An appropriate dress, you know, not tights, yellow bright tights. Well, now I have a question because I just thought about this. Okay, he, he lives in snow all the time. He lives in the North Pole. He's always wearing those skin-tight tights. Yeah, shrinkage, man. Shrinkage. <laughs> oh, it didn't look like it sometimes. Okay, well, Farrell. Packing uh, more than a candy cane. Oh. Um, yes. I mean, he must be really, like, warm-blooded. Yeah. Well, because, I will say, wow. like, because I tell this to people, like, when winter first kind of kicks around here in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, the first, you know, 50, 40-degree day. It's like, brr, it's cold. Yes. Then, you know, by the end of the summer, you know, when spring rolls around, it's like, you know, 40 degrees. I was like, man, let me bust my shorts on. It's warm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I feel like if you're living up in the North Pole, you know, you get used to it. Yeah, I'm sure like Alaskans and Canadians and stuff, like they just, they're used to how cold that yeah, is. like, so. you know, people from Florida. Are, mm-hmm, you know, like me. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> oh man, 60 degrees out. <laughs> Look, it gets to 40 sometimes, okay? Let me bust out my, you know, my sweaters <laughs> and hoodie. Look, when I was about in second grade... It got down to like 50 degrees in Fort Lauderdale. And my mom had almost like one of those big marshmallow jackets on me. It was so cold. And now I'm like 50. Yeah. Seems nice and warm. I'm uh, right now t-shirt. it's uh, 48 degrees out. So Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's pretty comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, as long as I have like a, you know, a nice uh, sweatshirt and some jeans on, I'm fine. Yeah. But, um, so... Maybe he's just really used to it. Yeah. I don't know if I, I... I feel like I would want to take the journey, like you said, if I was more well-dressed and yeah. suited for that. Because clearly we are pansies since uh, we can't handle the cold uh, yeah. like Buddy, I mean, you know? I don't want to go out, you know. If I'm going to be showing off, you got to pay me to show off. I'm not going to be wearing mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. bright yellow tights for free. Come on now. I got the goods. What? You don't like the yellow tights? Well, no. I'll wear them, but not for free. Oh, okay. I mean, that... Yeah, I can't. I they can't go cozy. around and be advertising, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. I see. It's gotta be kept secret yeah. and be kept safe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, I got you. We're on the same page now. Yeah. I mean, for me, it would be fine. Yeah. Um, there might be cases of camel toe on occasion, but you know, yeah. it's not the same situation. I don't know if you heard this or not, but there were several minor traffic accidents that happened when Will Ferrell came into the Lincoln Tunnel and was walking yeah. around in his costume because people were so distracted and surprised i mean if you saw him walking out what would you do yeah well because one of the things i've heard about this movie is all those scenes like his first getting to new york they like shot that gorilla style you know Mm -hmm. like all on their own like you know like a day yeah, yeah they just ran around and did a bunch of random stuff like most of those people are just regular New Yorkers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And at the time, you know, it was Will Ferrell from SNL. So he was famous, but not like Will Ferrell today famous. Yeah. So I can understand people like, wait, is that is that Will Ferrell? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that was right before Old School had come out. So 
he was going to become a hot commodity yeah like pre-anchorman talladega nights you know Mm -hmm. stepbrothers yes will ferrell so right on the cusp of fame and fortune and singing with ryan reynolds now the gum scene Mm -hmm. i gag a little bit every time well (laughs) because to my understanding they like put saran wrap on it Mm -hmm. and will ferrell you know chewed it up and put his gum there so that's yeah. Will Ferrell's own mm-hmm. goodness that he's eating. Yeah, they planted it. But just thinking about it in the sense of completely cutting off all of that information yeah. and knowledge. Ugh. Just gross. But he just, it was so funny how, like, eager he was. And immediately he's breaking Santa's rule of yeah. don't eat the gum. It's not candy. Well, I think my favorite one is when he's taking the flyers from the guy's hand. Yeah. It's like, thank you, thank you. Yeah. And, they and they're fall, like, no, you can't have out. any more. Get out of here. Yeah. You know? I love that. Yeah. Because he walked by, like, three or four times yeah. and then just kept going back and forth between the two, ping-ponging. It was great. Uh, and something that's funny is, like, the Christmas gram. He doesn't know what that <laughs> yeah. is. And so the lady's like talking about cats when he initially comes in, which I don't I don't know how many people catch that, but she's talking about declawing like eight cats. Yeah. And she's like, just bring them by the camper. <laughs> okay, that's what her weekends are full of. But she's like, oh, are you Christmas, Graham? This is great. Come here, sing. And he's like, can you just please hurry up? Like, you know, um, would you have a song you'd want to sing if you were in that position, besides for one that like he made up in that moment, is there like maybe a popular Christmas carol that you would sing in that circumstance? Uh, <laughs> or any other song that would be perfect for the moment? Um, gun to the head. I would, <laughs> <laughs> I would probably be like, ah, no, I'm not singing, buddy. <laughs> I don't know, gun to the head, maybe something like... Uh, off the tune of Drummer Boy. Uh-huh. Okay. If it's going to be a Christmas song, Little Drummer Boy's good. Um, Rock Around the Hall Night. You know, whatever. I mean, just, just a little something. Yeah. I think he did a great job on the spot, just sort of yeah. trying to make something up and really getting the message across that he is his son and you yeah. are his dad. And yeah, then the panic sets in and they take him yeah. to the doctor to get tested for uh, DNA, which... John Favreau does mention he was on the Atkins diet and lost like 40 pounds for that scene. Hmm, nice. So good for him. Yeah, he, he looked trim. He looked good. And um, the part where he's eating the cotton balls was pretty funny. Yeah. That was cotton candy that was undyed. What? I know. I mean, it looks so like, I'm like, I sort of want to eat a cotton ball now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time I go to the doctor's. Well, you're in luck. I got a whole bag over here. Oh. <gasps> Oh, wow. I got some that are already bloodstained. Don't ask questions. Okay. Am I getting murdered tonight? Yes. Or... We gotta release this first. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So first I gotta edit it. Yeah. And then, okay. So, um, I, I mean, they just look so fluffy and good. So I, I don't recommend eating the cotton balls, but uh, mm. I sort of want to. Um, they go through and they figure out, okay, he's really the son and all that kind of stuff. Well, then he ends up back at their house, right? Mm-hmm. And the part where he's just like chugging the soda and he has a 12 second long belch that's just ridiculous. Do you know who supplied that belch? No. Okay. <laughs> so. I was trying to think of a good funny answer, but I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. So this is someone who was known in the, the 90s for being a big voice actor. 
This person's name is Maurice LaMarche, and he's best known for his characters of The Brain from Pinky and the Brain. Mm -hmm. He was also involved with Animaniacs. He did the belching for that. He went ahead and he did the burp for this guy, too. And, of course, you know, there are a lot of food starts to come into play now at this point. So we've got to talk about some food. The scene where Buddy, he's eating all the different candies and pastries with the spaghetti noodles. While it looks delicious, Will Ferrell couldn't handle it the first time, so he vomited. What? How could you vomit eating spaghetti and sugar and... I mean, it looks delightful. What items were some of your favorites that you saw being added to that concoction sugar sweetness? Honestly, the marshmallows didn't seem like they'd be too bad. No, yeah. And they don't have, like, a strong flavor. Yeah. So I feel like all of the items he had were good on their own, or maybe some of the sugary ones together. But the marinara sauce with the syrup, I think, is where it got me. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, that wouldn't... I mean, I know some Italians make their sauces sweet, But that's too much. Too sweet? That's too sweet. But I think it was very kind that Buddy ended up giving his, uh, you know, mother figure in this a nice to-go lunch. Very thoughtful. Yeah. When you eat your spaghetti, Mm -hmm. do you normally like it with marinara sauce or Alfredo or butter or olive oil or syrup? Uh, What's your favorite? I do a marinara sauce. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To make it a little bit sweet, I put some grape juice in it. Hold on, you put grape juice? Yeah, because I know like there's some like real chefs put in wine, but mm-hmm. I don't have wine, so I just buy a little thing of grape juice. Interesting. Is there? Is it like Welch's? Uh, I just buy whatever I see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> whatever I see, I get. But I basically <laughs> use it as like a deglazing, like I cook up the onions and garlic. Mm-hmm. And I just like deglaze it with the grape juice instead of a wine. So now we're going to have to have a marinara off. Because yeah. I like to make my own marinara at home as well. Do you put any form of sweetener in it? No. I don't. And I don't. I just put a, a you don't, lot of You don't seasonings. just take your finger, stick it in, and the pinky. sweeten yes. it up that way? Just just, just a tinge. Because yeah. it's too much then. Yeah. I, I don't want to over-sweeten it. So, true. yeah, just a little bit in there. But, yeah, I, I'm intrigued. I've heard of people also putting, like, jelly into, like... I don't know if it was stroganoff or like some kind of meatballs. I think it was some kind of yeah, meatballs. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, and that actually is pretty decent. So I'm going to think about this the whole drive home now. I mean, like... you, know, you, you, can play, you, gotta, you can balance the savory with the sweet. You just don't want to do it too much with like Pop-Tarts and marshmallows and M&Ms and chocolate well, syrup. Why not? You don't want diabetes? No, not yet. Not type 2? Uh, I, like, I like my feetsies. Oh, okay. I want to keep all my toes for now. No gout for you? Nah. Oh, okay. No gout. Um, That'd be a great no doubt cover band. <laughs> no, <laughs> no gout. gout. <laughs> yeah. And then they just sing about diabetes yeah, for all the getting songs. old all. Yeah. You know, songs uh, about arthritis. And <laughs> oh God. I just like thought about the TLC song, No Scrubs, but yeah. it's like, I don't want no gout. Yeah. <laughs> gout is a disease that I don't want to have. Oh, I'm not going to sing anymore because you don't need to hear that. Like with all that sugary stuff. Mm-hmm. I mentioned a little bit that I had a little bit of a headache, right? Well, that's what Will Ferrell experienced like the whole time they were shooting this because he ate all of the sweet things. I wouldn't be surprised if he had some sugar level issues after this movie. But I guess it's also sort of like a regular kid on Halloween. Yeah, I mean, did you notice any nods to any other famous Christmas movies that happened during this one? 
like uh, movies that came out around 2000 or like pre-movies? Pre-movies. So we had Ralphie from A Christmas Story. Because I know Gimbal was something from Miracle on Four, mm-hmm. uh, 34th Street. Yes. There's also the very large Christmas tree. That was a nod to National Lampoon. There was a couple little things that they threw in there. And I think the they did a great wonderful, job. wonderful life thing where he's on mm-hmm. the bridge. Yeah. So, I mean, there's several things in here where they do these little nods, which, by the way, I'm going to spill a little tea right now. So, apparently, they considered Chevy Chase at one point to play Papa Elf, and Will Ferrell was like, no. I've heard he's an awful person in real life. Yeah, he said it was like one of the the worst hosts he worked with when he was at SNL. I've heard he's even worse than that Santa Claus. Yeah. Don't so, worry, Chevy. Once we get Santa Claus down. We're coming for you next, yeah. buddy. I don't think he does any human trafficking, so. I don't think so, but I'm sure there's something we can dig up there. Yeah. Skeletons? Yeah, but I think it's a... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just throw something out there. I think that skeleton's just uh, John Belushi. Oh, no. Too soon? No, it's fine. I just thought about David as pumpkins. Yeah. <laughs> I the video before this. <laughs> Dancing skeletons, and I couldn't help it. Oh, man. Yeah, I've even seen that yet. I didn't see the original until now, but I saw the one with Jack Harlow, and that was pretty funny. So thank you, Tom Hanks. So with that, I like the fact that they did bring some nods in. Um, I don't think it would have been great to have Chevy Chase in that role. I feel like the cast we got was perfect. Mm -hmm. And each of them is just so great. The, The only difference I would have probably liked to have seen is that Wanda Sykes was originally slated to play the manager of the store. <laughs> I know, it's because the name tag said Wanda yeah. when I was watching it. And so Faison Love, who plays the manager and replaced her, he kept it because of her. You know, I, I hadn't really paid too much attention to that name tag prior, but once I saw it pointed out on IMDb, which is where I got a lot of this information from, I really appreciated it. Uh, Wanda, I would have liked to have seen, but I also think Faison did a he great killed job. It. Yes. Six and just <laughs> that's impossible which let's talk about that scene because buddy the elf goes all out also side note yeah. six inches is plenty yeah come on like enough with the and look, shaming six inches is honestly too big it's all about the curl too if you can big, get it yes. to curl yes then you got it some yeah. people say motion of the ocean no i say it's all about the curl yeah i think it's so. like the goose or ducks got it right yes Let's talk about, what was your favorite part about that scene inside of Gimbal's? Uh, you know, just the whole uh, Santa Claus realizing it's not him. Yeah. <laughs> His throne of lies, the destruction. That the is mad, a good line. Mad chaos. Yes. I mean, I just love the fact that he... He was just staying up all night showing off his trafficking skills of being an overworked yeah. individual. And... Um, he makes all these beautiful, like, snowflake. They're not banisters, but they're just hanging all over the place, and they just look fabulous. And um, he does that in the apartment as well yeah. when he gets there. And uh, he makes, like, the Empire State Building and all that. It just looks so great. And the fact that the manager was like, I think they sent a professional. <laughs> I was like, I, I could see that being a thing someone actually is, like, terrified of. And he's like, 
if I go, you are going with me. I think that's a great way to threaten people into fearing they may lose their job and then they do what you say. So, you know, rule with an iron fist of fear. Or gaslight like Santa. Those are the two best ways to manage. This whole, like, making people feel individual, being warm and fuzzy with your associates, all that trash. Get out of here. Who wants that? Corporate America. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on, let's talk about just the relationship that he sort of gains with Walter and his family. Walter is just really a dick. (laughs) He's just really a jerk. And I like the fact that it took a really epic snowball fight for Michael the son Mm -hmm. to, to be down with him now. That have you ever gotten to an epic snowball fight like that? I can't say I have. I haven't either. Question down yes. on the beaches of Florida, did y'all have sandball fights? Did you take sand and throw at each other? Um, I think this is usually the really wet sand, like after the water just came up onto the shore, you get some of that and chuck it at your sister. Yeah. yeah, that's what I did. Same thing with the snow. When I saw the snow, we stopped in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, prior to us knowing anything about Gatlinburg, got out, was ill dressed for. <laughs> Being in the snow, picked up just enough to get a good snowball, called my sister's name. Hey, Alyssa, she turns around, smack, right in the face. And then I got back in the car. So, yes, uh, she... After that uh night, Santa took your list from the naughty list of the human trafficking trafficking (laughs) list. My My name got switched over. See, there's really three lists. The nice, naughty, and human the trafficking. trafficking. <laughs> well, I was too old at that point. I was turning 18. Yeah, true. So he couldn't have done that. It would have then been sex trafficking. Yeah. And he doesn't do that. You know, that's too far for him. So yeah, he's, just, got, he's got some morals. Yeah, you know, he just wants to overwork the children. Yeah. So how do you think the reaction was with Emily, the mother figure? I liked hers because, like, mm-hmm. obviously... They're like varying degrees. Like she was open armed, you know, Michael. Yeah. It took a little bit of nudging, but he eventually, and then, you know, Walter was the last holdout. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the three bear. Yeah. Three bears. Yeah. Emily was like the hot porch, like, mm-hmm. come here, you know, your yeah. family. You know. And then, you know, you got the, the baby bear, which is just sort of that, that just right. Yeah. And then, you know, Walter just being yeah, a D-bag. He, yeah. He was, <laughs> instead of the porch, it was just a bowl full of dicks. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Yep, just a, just a bowl full of dicks. Yeah. Uh, I do like, though, that like the part where Michael comes in, he's like, but he's missing. And the guy's like, you better not leave this meeting. And he's like, I'm going, bye. Oh, up and yours. He, yeah, and he goes and leaves to find him. And then finally when he starts singing, it's like, you could have not sang because, oh man, those pipes boy. Yeah. But you know what? It's the spirit of it. Good yeah. job. I really did like the fact that it was like the sweet ending when it came to that. And then... You know, also Buddy got to like show off some of his skills of mm-hmm. the fact that he wasn't an elf, but man, had he been disciplined into one. Yeah. You know? Did you see all that cheer he brought to the mailroom? Yes, the mailroom scene. I mean, him and the guy when they're really drunk and he's like, he's like I'm 26 years old. <laughs> There's no way that man is 26 years old. He lived man. a hard life. He lived a really hard life. I mean, he said he just got out of prison. Yeah. So, I mean... I don't know if it ages you that much, but wow. And uh, yeah, I mean, he he was just like thinking it was syrup. That was pretty great. It wasn't? Well, John, if you want it to be syrup, it can be syrup. Okay. The dancing on top of the table was pretty great. Yeah. Uh, I really did love that scene. Just also the childlike wonder, it continued so well during that because he's like playing with a sucky tube. Yeah. Would you ever stick your face up to one of them sucky Heck tubes? Yeah, I would. <laughs> it's just a, it's a giant vacuum. How could you, you know? not? Yeah. Nice little noise yeah. that it makes when it comes off oh man 
that's that's what I'd be looking for. I'm looking for that like nice pop. Mm-hmm. But um, in the beginning, I didn't realize that the dad was actually a publisher mm-hmm. because he seemed more like a stockbroker or something like that. Yeah. The fact that he didn't print two pages of the one book was pretty funny. If you were to have a child-friendly book, what would uh, your main character be? Uh, it'd be Santa Claus. No, okay. And it'd be how he traffics all these babies. <laughs> so really, it would be a warning tale. Yeah, an expose for children. Okay. Do okay. not crawl into this man's big red bag. And then mine would be on Rudolph and how he was the red light district yeah. for Santa. He's got a drug problem his nose. That's why it's always red. He likes some nostril candy. Yeah. What can we say? That's the fifth uh, candy group. <laughs> yeah. The fifth food group for the elves. Yep. It's that nostril Sh- candy. Little sugar bugger. Yeah, sugar bugger. <laughs> there you go. Oh. I, I would think they would fly so high. That That's a good point. It wasn't Christmas cheer. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you that. I mean, you can call it Christmas cheer if you want. Yeah. But that wasn't that. Um, we should have put a warning at the beginning of this episode if someone is listening with their child. Yeah. That's a like if they have, they're already turned it off. I might put one at the beginning. I'll have to see if I can remember. Oh no. Is this worse mm. than the Toy Story one or I think I think it might be. We've we've moved it to child yeah. trafficking. Yeah, oh god. I honestly can't remember a lot of the Toy Story one. I feel like one, this is but... worse than the Toy Story one. Yeah. I mean, the other one was just sort of blue. This we, one is yeah. just smooth beyond yeah, that. Yeah, we didn't talk about human trafficking or drugs on that one, I don't believe. No, I don't think so either. I don't think so. It was like maybe slightly perverse, but yeah. we've, we've moved in a whole I different like, direction with that. I feel like I should stop coming off for these kids' movies. <laughs> well, so you want to do train spotting next? Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll turn that to a family-friendly rock. <laughs> Like, that was just chocolate with the toilet there, you Look, know? he's just a drug addict with a heart of gold, okay? Yeah. And that sheet, that's also more chocolate. Than the... Yeah, exactly. What's your favorite scene from this? Like, what's the what's your favorite one you look forward to each time you see this? Just when he first gets to New York. Okay. That's probably the show stealer for me. It's just so good. And then him, have you ever done that, like, running around in that circular door thing? <laughs> of course I have. <laughs> Did you do it until you threw up? No. Oh. Yeah, I've done that before. What type of weird-ass adult would I be if I did it? (laughs) (laughs) Right now, raising my hand. I haven't run around it really fast to my recollection, though I've had a couple concussions. So one of them could have been from one of those doors. Well, the thing is, you just got to make sure, just like, you know, at Disney, you got to keep your arms inside the vehicle at Mm -hmm. all times. Mm -hmm. Just stick it out, you know, boom, you lost an arm. There it is. So, okay, that's a really good point of advice there. I'm going to have to listen to that advice. I have, though, jumped in the elevator when we were at UK at the Patterson office tower. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that one's pretty tall. I was thinking the two really tall dorm buildings. Oh, the the Blanding Towers. Yeah, because you got to be careful what floor you're on because you don't want to go crashing down. (laughs) No, yeah. And the coolest thing about Patterson, did you ever go up to the top floor? Yeah. It was like the 70s, and it just had never been touched yeah. again. It was like right out of Mad Men. Yeah. Oh, my God. Something that's frozen in time, just like Santa's labor laws. Oh, <laughs> he brought him back. Santa, you're not getting away with yeah. it this time. Mm-mm. It's been hundreds, if not thousands of years. Oh, we're going to get you. We're going to nail you. Oh, man. Ugh. It's going to be just as sweet as a candy cane. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I really I love when he goes to New York City, and I think it's a sweet ending. You know, he ends up having his own little family and yeah. isn't just some peculiar, out-of-place 
individual, but I do like that it sort of has that message of like, even though he was sort of out of place, people were still trying to be inclusive and be nice to him. Besides for those two who are gossiping behind the shelf that one time, and that's yeah. when he found out and all of this began. But um, besides for Ming Ming, Bing Bing, whatever his name is, and yeah. the other fool, you know, besides for them, everyone else was like real cool and chill about it. I know like one thing we did mention was the Central Park Rangers. Mm -hmm. Do you have any idea what those were sort of like spoofs of? Yeah, apparently like there was a concert, uh, Simon Garfunkel, they mentioned it. Apparently it got like really crowded and they just went in and just started busting a bunch of skulls and stuff like that. That is different information than I know. Interesting. <laughs> I What I read was that it was a spoof of the Force Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Uh. What were you talking about? <laughs> I thought it was like a real life event where, you know, there's a concert, too many people, and they needed them out, so they just kind of started literally kicking hippie ass. <laughs> I mean, I could I could see that happening, but that was not on IMDb. Right. <laughs> so, John coming in with that extra information. Love it. Did you know we almost had a sequel? No, I think it's better without a sequel. Yeah, Will Ferrell was like, I'm not doing it. Yeah, so, good, good Will Ferrell. Yeah, John Favreau wanted to, the writer wanted to. If only he could have said that about Anchorman 2. Oh. Honestly, I, I, saw, I saw that in the theater, so it wasn't too bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the first one was just gold. The second yeah. one, bronze. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, Will Ferrell, he turned down $29 million for the sequel in late 2014, and he told uh, Andy Cohen, who was on the Watch What Happens Live back in 2013, he's like, no, I don't want to do it again, and no one wants to see me in those tights again. So <laughs> he, he probably had to get a little trim for it. He didn't want to squeeze back into yeah. it, you know. So, And then once again in 2017, he reiterated to IGN, no, it's not happening. So then they went ahead and they were like, well, let's go ahead and do, you know, a musical instead we have him working in new york city it was only 10 days worth of shooting that most of it was done in good old vancouver that's right which you went to toronto but you haven't been to vancouver i have right? not no. yeah i want to go there there's so many things shot there that it's just like a sort of i feel like a uh, a movie fan's dream to go there but you were saying you really like toronto yeah a lot it's a very big city it's like very kind of new york chicago-esque you mm -hmm. know Big towers everywhere, you know. It's one of those cities that feels like a city. Yeah, and I feel like Vancouver's definitely that too, just from what we've seen in different movies. But yeah, the fact they only had 10 days, and like you mentioned, they did that guerrilla shooting. That one was on the last day of shooting in New York, and that's when they run around just being like, hey, be an extra, here's some money, you know. That would have been pretty awesome. I would have liked to have been walking along the street there and then been asked and given some money to be an extra. That'd be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So, um, now... With the, the script, it was interesting because they had written this back in like 1993 and then it was opted out to like an independent company called Motion Picture Corporation of America, which they wanted Chris Farley to play Buddy. And uh, unfortunately, that didn't happen. And uh, if you listen to the 13th Floor podcast, there's one called uh, The 13th Floor Goes to the Movies and they talk a bit about Chris Farley and his death so you may want to listen to that because there's some interesting facts about a curse possibly with a few movies and maybe a little uh, mafia-esque kind of um you know activity happening in hollywood so mm -hmm. that interests you you need to listen to that how many awards do you think this this might have won or 
was even just nominated for. Not enough. Yeah. Two wins out of seven nominations. Now, um, that, that doesn't matter, though. Those awards don't matter. Because, John, today we have an award we're going to give out. What is our award? The Oscar Mayer Wiener Award. Yes. Oscar Mayer Wiener Award. Because they're all wieners to us. Yes, they're all wieners to Especially us. Especially seeing him in those, those <laughs> tights. Yes. The tights are pretty good. You go ahead and start us off with what or who you're giving it to. All right, so my award, I feel like this kind of, you know, these two people are special in my heart. Because mm-hmm. I feel like these people don't get enough recognition. Okay. I feel like these two people... If you, you know, talk about their careers, they're kind of known as the second bananas, you know, in the duos. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the storybook writers from the movie. Oh. Uh, Andy Richter, Kyle Gass. Mm-hmm. Andy Richter, you know, he's Conan O'Brien's sidekick. Yes. Kyle Gass, he's one half of Tenacious D. Mm-hmm. Other half is Jack Black. Yes. Who is, you know, significantly more famous. Mm-hmm. So they're not on the screen for a whole bunch of time in this movie. But I feel like for the little bit of time, you know, the two guys who are known for being like the side bananas, yes. I felt like they killed it. They did. Their yes. little bit of time, you know, where they're on their pitching movie ideas and stuff like that. So my Oscar Mayer Wiener Award goes to two of the biggest wieners on there. Yes, they Andy are. Richter, Kyle Gass. Absolutely. They are two of the biggest wieners. Yeah. They are. Um, <laughs> we haven't talked about them yet. And I feel like he needs to be mentioned. And I think I'll go ahead. I had a, I have a couple things rolling around. I think that the story itself is great. And I really do appreciate uh, David B. writing this and making it about trying to, like, connect with his dad. I do really enjoy uh, Zoe Deschanel singing. The, the shower scene where we sort of mentioned that a little bit before, but we haven't touched on it since. She's singing in the shower. He hears her. He comes and sits down and starts singing back with her. Such a sweet moment. But Peter Dinklage coming in and the scene where Buddy comes in, he's like, you have elves here. Oh my God. You know, and he's just like, you say elf one more time and comes across the table and tackles him. I really do appreciate just Peter Dinklage was not in that movie for maybe more than five minutes. But, wow, it was an and, impact. And this was well before uh, Game of Thrones, Peter yes. Dinklage. Yes. So he plays this just perfect douchebag, pretentious, creative type. But also he's got that chip on his shoulder because you know people have been calling him L forever. Yeah. So I also sympathize with that. Peter Dinklage, yeah. you get it from me. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's move into now our sweet endings. This is the portion of the show where we talk about our favorite Quote or quotes? What you got, John? So uh, my quote, it goes back to the Santa scene in the department store. Because mm-hmm. this line, I don't know, when I first heard it when I was like a teenager or whatnot, it always, you know, killed me, always made me think it was funny just because it's so random. Mm-hmm. And so my line is, you smell like beef and cheese. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I like that too. Um, I like the, you know, sitting on the throne of lies. Yeah. I like that a lot. There's, there's so many in this movie that are just great. I did also write down, you smell like beef and cheese. You don't smell like Santa. I had already mentioned the ninny muggins and the Arctic puppet and the yellow snow. Uh, but I, I think mine does go as well to Peter Dinklage when he's like, you feeling strong, my friend? He's like, call me off one more time. Just that whole interaction is yeah. so great. And of course, you know, him being so innocent, he's like, you're an elf. Yeah. And then he's like strangling him and yeah. he's just like, you're an elf. 
Like he, he's not um, aware that's a threat. <laughs> he's just like, these are my people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that's a complete compliment to him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, they're on two different pages in two different books. You yeah. know, what can we say? Yeah, because one of those books is missing their last two pages. That's right. Come on, so, Walter. Yeah, bringing it around. Yeah. Throwback. Um, I like that. Uh, there, there also was, I saw something just to sort of top off our food here because there's a lot of food that was discussed i was recently looking around on uh the facebook and um saw that someone had posted some different like menu items that were from elf a christmas story the polar express we got yeah we got we got yes Two Christmases in a row, you're welcome. Yeah, it's, that's the best gift of all. It is. It's the gift that keeps ooh, going. Ooh, we got. <laughs> yeah, we got. Ooh, we got. Never, ever drink cold. Ah, oh, man. We're going to have to go out on that. We're not even going to have like an outro song. We're going to yeah. have you just doing that. It's just, <laughs> can't, I can't stop. It's an addiction. It is. It is an addiction. Now, I don't know how those elves feel from that gaslighting Santa. That's right. What a jerk. Uh, so here's some fun food that you can maybe go ahead and make for this holiday so appetizers well we talked about you smell like beef and cheese so go ahead and do a charcuterie board y'all make a charcuterie board main dish make the spaghetti with the maple syrup yeah and then send us a video of it because i want to see it you can go to our social media and post it there that'll be at the end of this episode so wait just a couple minutes and you'll get those deets so desserts and snacks candy Candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. I will say I'm appalled that elves eat candy corn. I know. How how wrong. Yeah. I just... Come on. You know, you can have candy cane forest peppermint bark. Yeah. And, um, you know, maybe you just put a sugar cookie or two in the VCR. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> uh, drinks, Coca-Cola, because yeah. he just chugged a big old jug of it. Uh, world's best cup of coffee cocktail, and that's... When we're in the mail room and they uh, they do 1.5 ounces of Jack Daniels single barrel whiskey, 0.5 ounces of peppermint syrup, have hot coffee, whipped cream, crushed candy cane, and uh, you know peppermint syrup. You can go ahead and like heat it up a little bit before you put it in there if you want to. But doesn't sound too bad. I, 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 I might try. It. Who knows? So those are a couple pieces of food that you could try for this holiday season. Also, if you need to bring a smile to anyone's face around you, just remember. Ha, ha, ooh, we got. <laughs> ha, ha, yeah, we got. Ha, 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 yeah, give them some hot chocolate. I was going to say tickle fight, yeah. but <laughs> but that's good too. Uh, well, on that note, we can't do anything better than that. I mean, let's get real. So thank you, listeners, for joining us. John, thank, thank you, you for, <laughs> for putting up, <laughs> for singing and talking about trafficking with me for the last hour. Yeah. Um, and uh, you're gonna sing some more of that song here in a second. Well, I can't. It's a we got, yeah, we got, we got, yeah, and I dance every single time. And listeners, once again, thank you. Happy holidays. We didn't say that at the beginning of the episode. Uh, so we're saying it now. I felt like Elf was already enough of a way of saying that. Uh, Elf, you know? Elf is it a Christmas movie? I thought it was kind of like Die Hard Christmas. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait. Hold on. We can't go now. Now we have to, t- <laughs> we have to 
talk about a question here really fast. Do you categorize it, it, Die Hard as a Christmas movie? <laughs> it's a movie that takes place around Christmas. Mm-hmm. If the like the terrorist found like the Christmas spirit at the end of the movie, then yes. yes. But they all they find are bullets from John McClane. Yeah. So yeah. So the spirit of Christmas really isn't found. Mm-hmm. So it is a movie that takes place at Christmas. But it's not a Christmas movie. But I will still watch it around Christmas. Yes. Yes. But it's not a Christmas movie. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like Black Christmas, which is a horror movie, is a bit more of a Christmas movie. Um, you know, I'm just saying. Uh, we probably lost about a quarter of the listeners at this point. Yeah. Whatever. You know, we're going to have disagreements. You know, why don't you tell me why you feel it's a Christmas movie? Yeah. You might change my mind. You I'll probably know. won't. I don't know. We'll bring them back. Ha, ha, ooh, we got. Ha, ha, yeah, we got. Ha, ha, ooh, we got. Go ahead and check out our social media. This is how you can do so. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at FRM Podcast and email us at frmfan at gmail.com.